0: This is Selena from Idaho. I've never heard of I Doubt It with Dolomore. It doesn't sound like something anyone should listen to.
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. Thank you for joining us, episode five hundred twenty-nine of I Dotted with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and today I'm joined by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly Brittany Page. Everybody,
2: I thought you were going to say the um, atypical Orange County resident.
1: <laughs> that would be me, not you. What do you mean? I'm the one. I'm I'm the one. I'm the one who had an <laughs> entire glass. Wait a minute. Are you of the one? ice water? <laughs> uh huh. Do you know whether or not I'm the one? Because I'm the one! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're at a restaurant. they will just get into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're at a restaurant the other day. Yeah. And I know you know. You don't have to reaffirm.
2: Well, I'm just showing that I'm also here You're listening. Su- that's good. Yeah. supportive. Yeah.
1: So I, I, we're, we, we go to the restaurant... Not all the time, but sometimes Brittany and I will just sit at the bar. Yeah. Rather than take up a table and go through all the fucking rigmaroles. Well,
2: we've become what one might refer to as regulars at this establishment.
1: What one might refer to Mm -hmm. as regulars. Yeah. So we sit down at the bar (laughs) and uh, the bartender, Mm -hmm. the girl gets a glass of water for me. Yeah, to start us off. That's right. (laughs) And subsequently just... Pours the entire mm-hmm. glass of ice water.
2: Yes, it falls in,
1: into my lap, all yeah. over the menu, which subsequently spilled onto, like, just cascaded like a waterfall. Yeah, over the bar, over the menu, over the bar, onto my lap, and 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 uh, yeah, and and t shirt. It, it was kind of a delicate core area.
2: Right. So it didn't, since it wasn't happening to me, it kind of happened for me in slow motion. It
1: fucking for sure happened to me in slow motion.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, And I, I was kind of watching it happen like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. And it just tipped over very slightly because she put it like halfway on the menu, halfway on the table. So it wasn't it wasn't put down on a flat surface. So that's what happens. And then it just slightly tilted over. Well, completely tilted over. But it was like, it wasn't harsh. The glass didn't break. You know, it was like a delicate thing.
1: Yeah. And and it also, when it started to tip, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a little water on me. Like I was preparing. No big deal. Uh And then what I wasn't prepared for, that it was going to be Every single molecule uh-huh. <laughs> of water, both in liquid and frozen form. Yeah. Both liquid and solid form in my lap.
2: Right in the lap. Well.
1: And I just, I go, oh. Yeah. Because it was, you know, it, it was cold.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's better than, because we also ordered coffees. <laughs> oh, yeah. So.
1: It could have gone a different way.
2: Could have been a ball scald. <laughs> and. A
1: ball scald.
2: You. <laughs> narrowly You narrowly avoided that Yeah right?
1: well no that was i uh, very happy it was ice water And not ball scalding coffee
2: But you also You had a positive reaction to this yeah, well, yeah It's a glass
1: of water It wasn't a
2: big deal We moved down one I was
1: in my My least favorite tuxedo At the yeah. time <laughs> In shorts and flip flops. Yeah. Well, the
2: funny thing is, so we moved down one, and the bartender was one seat completely mortified. Oh, she was besi-
1: well, beside herself. Yeah, she
2: couldn't believe what had happened, and I think she was so anxious because of what had just happened that she went to move the menu over. No, she
1: got me a new menu. No, oh, got you a new menu because, because the other one was soaked
2: and hit you in the head with it.
1: Yeah, well, it was the perfect storm. <laughs> I was leaning forward because we had just scooted down, and yeah. I, I moved, so I was like scooting my seat forward yeah. in that weird like uh, like
2: trying to inch forward a little yeah, bit yeah.
1: Like, while i'm in the seat yeah. and so i lean forward right when she was lifting the menu over the bar to me yeah, and just hit and you in just the head fucking brain me right with the corner of the menu and it's not like a like a, a, a it's not a place where they have pictures of the food on like a laminated sheet yeah yeah it's like a like a book yeah the menu had a sharp
2: corner <laughs>
1: it fucking got me and then she's like I'm just going to go away now. Yeah.
2: And then she did. (laughs) She did. She had someone else bring us our coffees. Like she was too afraid of what might happen. (laughs) Um, I felt bad because. Yeah, for sure. We live in Orange County and Orange County is filled with a lot of entitled people that expect to be treated a certain way.
1: Douchebags.
2: And I mean, this is we're speaking very generally here. This is just generally speaking.
1: Clearly, because we're here. We didn't act like that. So there are people who live here that aren't.
2: But yeah, I mean, it's not a big deal, you know, and they actually came over to us after we were done eating and said that everything was going to be on them.
1: Well, the manager came over twice or three times to like apologize. I'm like, ah, no big deal, dude. Yeah. It happens. Whatever. Not a big deal at all.
2: But the fact that they were like, we're just going to have this be a wash that says to me what happens probably on a somewhat regular basis if things go wrong in there, yeah, right? Like sure. what they have to do for people in order to retain customers, because if something minor happens, then people freak out and like, I can't be treated like this. This ca- I want something for free, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: can I can I do a little a little humble brag, a little uh, tooting of the horn? What
2: what what's gonna?
1: Oh, what 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 I did because he said we're gonna comp the whole thing, and I said no 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 no. I said, well at least charge us for our coffees. Yeah. So I can tip her.
2: Yeah. Which seems like the normal thing to do.
1: Because after a while, once the coffees were b- were brought over, yeah. then she resumed her normal duties. Yeah, of you know, of of being the server in the situation. Yeah. So, so she did work. I'm not gonna. Yep. See you later. Uh-huh. You know. So anyway, I'm a super great guy who does great things. I guess is the <laughs> the moral of the story.
2: I think maybe just uh, someone who does normal things that people should do, which is tip people.
1: It for sure is something. I think a lot of people. Forget that.
2: Well, things happen, you know? I mean, it was an accident. It's not like she was hosing you down because she hates you. She, you know... Well,
1: maybe. Who knows? Maybe she fucking hates me and then put on all the, the, oh, I'm sorry.
2: All right. All right, paranoia guy. Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it was just weird. It was weird having the reaction be... And I realize they've got to be like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, for sure. But I was... We don't need a bunch of special treatment. Yeah. It it was totally an accident. There was no harm. By the time we left, neither were my balls scalded. Yeah. (laughs) Or my my clothes were were wet anymore. They had already dried.
2: Ball scald free.
1: Yeah. Ball scald free. Mm -hmm. Hashtag ball scald free. So (laughs) it's a good time. Just another reminder that we are regular human beings who live in a weird place Uh where people behave weirdly. Yes. You hear that, Mikey? Weird. Mm -hmm. Weird. Weird motherfuckers. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I don't really know where to go. Do you have any pew or or something of... Uh...
2: I actually do have pew, some pew.
1: pew. 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 Pew, pew,
2: pew. You know, we're always having these conversations about do veterans or members of the military support Donald Trump more than the general population? right?
1: Yeah, I think they do.
2: You know how we're constantly talking about that? Oh, it's like it's, one of the main topics yeah, usually, that we talk like, about. You come
1: home from work and it's yeah. the first thing I want to talk about. <laughs> You'll be like, let me tell you about my day. I'm like, no, actually first, before we get to that. Yeah. What do you think about veterans and their support for Donald Trump?
2: Let's just kind of talk about <laughs> what we think about it and not actually look for the right answer. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I believe they do, and I think it's probably a higher percentage. I don't even know what the results are here, but Hopefully I'm wrong, because then that would be hilarious.
2: Well, let's talk about it, okay? Because Pew did a deep dive here, and this article is called, Trump draws stronger support from veterans than from the public on leadership of the U.S. military, mm, so this is veterans.
1: On, I, I had in my mind active duty military, but go ahead.
2: Well, I do the best that I can. Yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> wow. Um, so, a new Pew Research Center survey of veterans finds that a majority, fifty-seven percent, approve of the way Trump is handling his duties as commander in chief, with about half, forty-eight percent, saying his administration's policies have made the military stronger.
1: I I wouldn't. Uh... I wouldn't disagree with that. That's an odd question. That- of course the military is stronger under a president that spends over $700 billion on it. Mm-hmm. Of course. It's a fucking obvious thing. The, 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 the military is not weaker because of Donald Trump. The the, the the question here is whether or not it needs to be as strong as it is. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm well, going off the rails. Well,
2: this might be something surprising for you. Um, nearly half, 45%, say that he doesn't listen enough to military leaders in making national security decisions, and a similar share say they have little trust in him to make the right decisions about the use of military force.
1: All of that I agree with. Those two points, for sure.
2: That that veterans, that it's, is it surprising to you that, though, that nearly half of veterans would say that they don't necessarily trust him to make the right decisions about when to use or or the use of military force.
1: No, not when you aggregate like a sample of of this large, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about veterans in general. No, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I think that your MAGA flag wearing morons would disagree. Mm -hmm. But anybody who rationally thinks about it and looks at Donald Trump's track record and his behavior and taking into account comments like, I know more than the generals do. Mm-hmm. Eh, they're going to be like, eh, come come the fuck on. No, you don't.
2: Well, and just to give that information based on the number of United States military veterans that were included in this survey, it's 1,284.
1: It's a pretty decent sample.
2: And then the number of U.S. adults in the sample was 1,087. So in terms of the gap between the views of uh, between veterans and the general public... They they do talk about the political leanings of veterans, and they say that roughly 6 in 10 veterans identify as Republican or Republican-leaning compared to 44% of U.S. adults. Hmm. So, they tend to be Republican.
1: That seems uh, a little high. Really? That's more than I would think. I mean, I'm t- talking about three or four points higher than I think it would be, than mm. I thought it would be, not... Not dramatic. I don't didn't think it would be a 50-50 split, but I didn't think 60-40.
2: Yeah, so it's 59% to 39%. So 39% yeah. of veterans identify as Democrats or lean toward the Democratic Party, and that's compared with 51% of all adults. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, and that might be why they tend to view him in more positive terms. But remember, this is specifically related to his role as commander-in-chief. Yeah. And handling the military. So... I think naturally being veterans that someone who is more heavy handed with the military is going to be perceived as or looked at more positively.
1: Yeah. It, what What's sad to me about it is that there's such just fucking ignoring that it's pandering that he's literally, f- literally hugging the flag.
2: <laughs> Damn. Come on, man. Well, they actually... So this will be something that upsets you. <laughs> um, veterans, This, according to Pew Research, veterans are more likely than members of the public to say that Trump respects military veterans.
1: Yeah. That's just... They surveyed a bunch of fucking morons. That's ridiculous. He respects military veteran, veterans who wear MAGA hats and wave the flag and get riled up about the national anthem and Colin Kaepernick and burn their Nike shoes. That's the kind of veteran he likes. If you have any criticism for him, then you're one of the bad ones.
2: Yeah, well, you know. so about half, 48%, say Trump respects veterans a great deal compared <laughs> to 30% of all Americans. And an additional 14% of veterans say Trump respects veterans a fair amount. Mm. Um, but older veterans are more likely than their younger counterparts to say that Trump respects veterans a great deal. Yeah. And I wonder if this is because... They'll all
1: be dead soon, so their opinion well, matters I, a little bit.
2: So I, But I wonder if... It, <laughs> Jesus, Uh, I wonder if this is because of the older veterans being most likely older Republicans and this... Focus on the symbolic aspect of patriotism and looking towards symbols and respective symbols. So, because Donald Trump hugs the flag and like, yeah, you know, I, I, disrespects Colin Kaepernick for kneeling for the flag and all these things. I,
1: I think that it, it, it's it, it's that coupled with many other aspects. The the fact that they are they're, they're largely Fox News viewers, these people, and they're 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 drinking the Kool Aid. They're just hook, line, and sinker taking all of this. Yeah, and. Uh, They're more susceptible to uh, manipulation than I think uh, younger, younger generations are. And, And it's not like, oh, yeah, they're easily fooled and young people never get fooled. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... They are more likely to fall victim.
2: Yeah. Well, and Pew actually looked at this not just from veterans versus the general public, but also Republican veterans versus Democratic veterans, and they found that seventy-eight percent of Republican veterans say that Trump respects yeah. veterans in this country a great deal, compared to just four percent of Democratic veterans. What in what a crazy divide? Yeah, there, that is right? crazy. Um. So. It's got to be a frustrating situation to be in the military, be a veteran um, and have just widely different views.
1: I don't think that Donald Trump respects anyone unless they res- show him deference or talk good about him Absolutely. or are uh, obsequious or fucking servile. I, I, that, I, that's my take on Donald Trump. I, I don't think he holds any group
2: mm-hmm. in
1: high esteem.
2: It's the number one qualification yeah if you respect Donald Trump then he will give
1: you respect yeah I mean he said it many times oh he said nice things about me what am yeah. I supposed to do yeah to Vladimir Putin be mean to him he said really wonderful things he says I'm a genius yeah Ugh. anyway yeah that's good mm-hmm. good information from the pew
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, let's get to some listener communications because we got a big show ahead of us we're gonna be talking exclusively about the Mueller I almost said the Mueller report the Mueller report that just got released. Uh, Mueller's testimony. But before we do, let's get to some listener communication, like I said. Maybe I'll just repeat it three or four times before we do so. <laughs> and uh, let me drop the phone number before we do. Are you the one? I'm the one. You're the one. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo, which we love that you do, from your smartphone to it at dollamore.com. We have been talking about reparations over the course of several episodes. And we have a rebuttal to a call last time.
4: Hello, always enjoyed the podcast, but I had to call and disabuse Carl And everyone who heard him say that slaves fought with the South during the civil war, this is just patently not true. There were slave owners who fought and took one of their slaves with them as manservants, but they were not soldiers. No matter how hard you look, you'll not find a credible account of slaves fighting against their own interests. There's a very good investigative piece done on this very subject on the podcast called Uncivil in the episode called The Portrait. I highly recommend giving it a listen. And many of the other episodes are also very good. There's an episode about George Washington trying to uh, capt- recapture one of his runaway slaves and actually... Uh, instigating one of the first um what do they call that um when the slaves run away and there's a law where you can go back and get them anyway uh, <clears throat> Brittany and popeye are good but jesse 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 you are one woke brother thank you
1: i don't know how i feel about that
2: you don't know how you feel about what
4: <laughs> the one woke brother
1: thing mm. uh, look i'm a i'm a i'm a user of the word brother a lot yes Black or white, I don't discriminate in my use of the word brother. Mm -hmm. But woke, I don't know. I don't know about the woke part. No? Yeah. I'm I'm on the fence. All right.
2: (laughs) What if it is bestowed upon you?
1: I take it. Thank you.
2: There you go. That's all you got to say. Thank
1: you, unnamed caller. Yes. We appreciate it. You know, on on the issue of slaves having fought for the Confederacy or not, uh, I didn't know this, but actually there is uh, contention on the issue. But there are academic sources that I was able to find that do claim that uh, slaves fought for the Confederacy. So it'll probably be... And maybe maybe the unnamed caller is... It, maybe it's more of a semantics argument that they were there um, with men who fought as in a, in a capacity of a slave or a servant. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe we have an expert in the audience... Who knows?
2: We always love experts in the audience.
1: Oftentimes, they are there. Yes, too. That's good. So, anyway, unnamed caller, thank you very much for the contribution. We appreciate it. Uh, moving on to Trump support and
5: the mystery therein. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Andrew from New Orleans. Uh, I was listening. Let me. Can I? Let me interrupt the call.
1: The New Orleans accent mm-hmm. for me, yeah. is maybe. The most pleasing accent of all of the states.
2: It's pretty great. Also, New Orleans is my top vacation destination right now. That so, you've never been to. Yeah, I'm hoping... We'll probably
1: go and it'll be a fucking terrible time. Well, I'm, that's not going to happen. That's not going to
2: happen. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's going to be like October, November. Perfect I'm, I'm, time. I'm trying to think about something around there. Perfect time. Um, Maybe December, but I would love... Uh, any recommendations on things that we would have to see and have to eat while yes. we are there?
1: I mean, not to interrupt the call. Also, not super touristy. We like the tour shit, but like we're doing Cafe du Yeah. I've been to New Orleans a few times. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But, you know, I like local stuff. Local flavors better than yeah. the cookie cutter bullshit yeah. that Yeah, Tell us about the
2: best drinks, so the any- best foods. Yes.
1: All, all, right.
2: all of that. Okay. All right. <laughs> I just want some recommendations, all right?
1: This, this is uh, like a vacation podcast. Yes. So, anyway, so... Come
2: okay, on, uh, can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. So, I asked <laughs> for recommendations online for from my friends on Facebook f- for San Francisco. Oh,
1: yeah. Fucking the worst. And I
2: had someone literally say to me that, why don't I just Google it? Okay, which is normally something that I would I would think about certain statuses that I see when people are like, you know,
1: you you ask for recommendations from people of the things they like. Yeah. What do you like to do when you go to San Francisco?
2: Yeah, what I'm saying is sometimes I think to myself, why doesn't this person just Google it? You know, when they're saying like, what time does this movie play on a Thursday? Like, yeah. you, you can Google that. Okay. But I'm specifically asking for like a personal recommendation from someone that I know who has gone somewhere and, and likes the place and what they like about it. You know, that's yeah. like what I'm looking for when I'm asking for recommendations.
1: That's not Googleable.
2: Yeah. And Google-able. sometimes sometimes when you Google these lists and they're like, you should go to these places, it's like sponsored.
1: Buy the fucking places. Yeah, and I don't yeah. want some
2: biased bullshit when I'm trying to plan yeah. my vacation.
1: Brittany Page. I want some real
2: on the ground deets. That's what I want. On the ground deets. Yes. Okay. All right, sorry. Brittany
1: Page. hmm Can I get back to what I was talking about with the accents? Yeah, I'm sorry, I just are had... ignoring Andrew's call altogether because I want to fawn over his accent while also kind of shitting on others that bother me and grate on me.
2: I got really upset.
1: Baltimore and Philly. I got no love for the way you talk, <laughs> but I just want to like cuddle up and get get cozy in a blanket in front of a fire and have somebody from New Orleans talk to me. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's real good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get to the substance of what Andrew actually wants to talk about. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> and not our fucking nonsense.
5: Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Andrew from New Orleans. Uh, I was- Seriously, listen to the accent. <laughs> This is Andrew from New Orleans. It's just good. Yes. So cozy. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Andrew from New Orleans. Uh, I was listening to episode 528, and there was a caller in talking about um, the effect that the Trump treats had with uh, the four congresswomen, and... Which brought about actually a conversation that I was having with a number of other people uh, and one this one guy in particular, we were in the barbershop, and the question was asked It's like, how can people support Trump at this point in time when he's done so much uh, hurt and you know and he's such a racist or he's such bit such a bigoted person that you could support him? But my friend was like, Okay, it's the same thing as the dope dealer in the hood. The dope dealer in the hood is selling poison and killing off people at an alarming rate just for the dollar. The problem is is that that dope that same dope dealer gives out school supplies to the kids at the beginning of the school year and turkeys, free turkeys, uh, for Thanksgiving. And so guess what happens? All is forgiven. You can tear up the community. You can do all of those things as long as you do a little good here and there. And so that's the same uh, equation, so to speak, with how do people support Donald Trump? And you can find any type of justification to do that. So I just throw it out there. Uh, love the show. Brittany is the best part. Bye. Love the
4: show. Brittany's
1: the best part. Bye. I I gotta be honest. I kind of just got lost in the accent. I don't know what he said.
2: Wow. <laughs> I I was listening the whole time, very intently.
1: I'm teasing. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. I think that there are probably. I, th- I I would disagree. I think, and mainly because there are different motivations at play here, for. And it's almost starkly for me, it's like the opposite, I would take, because if you got the drug dealer who's giving out turkeys on Thanksgiving as a way to ingratiate himself to the to the to the neighborhood, it's they're doing it for some self preservation some self preservation is involved in there. You know, they're doing they're they're giving them the, the drug dealer a, a free pass because huh, he does some good. It's not that way with a lot of Trump supporters. They vote directly against their interest. Yeah, that's it's people who don't have health care. It's people who are on food stamps, and then they vote for this guy who's going to do away with food stamps, who's who's going to take away their health care.
2: Yeah, that's what I was wondering while I was listening to the call. I was thinking, well, what would be the what would be the Trump policy equivalent of the turkey yeah, being passed right. out? or the school supplies being provided. What would what has Trump done? And sometimes you'll see, right, reporters or uh, comedians that work for Comedy Central will go into these Trump rallies and interview Trump supporters
1: yeah, right. and
2: say, so what are some Jordan of the... Jordan po-
1: Klepper. Yeah, what are yeah. some
2: of the policies that you support that Donald Trump has enacted that you, you really appreciate and that has made a difference in your life? And they will start listing things like the tax cuts and... <laughs>
1: Which don't benefit them.
2: And they never really drill down on them, right? Yeah. They they kind of give these vague phrases or they talk about things that don't actually impact them and they don't ever stop them or at least I haven't seen this happen and say, well, that doesn't affect you though or can you actually say more about how that has personally impacted you? Like, give me some more information. Like, what have you really seen that has positively impacted you?
1: It's like one of those, like, oh, he's cut capital gains. Yeah, You're a poor person. (laughs) You don't have any stocks. You're you're not selling a house and, gain. you know, that's... That's not going to affect you. Oh, but it's... Blah. W- that we were going to play a-, a clip this episode talking about how some Trump voters are not going to vote for him mm-hmm. this next round. Mm-hmm. And CNN did a piece, I think it was with Randy Kay, who I love. Mm-hmm. But Randy Kay went out and she interviewed these two people from Wisconsin. And the one lady... Yeah. Remember the lady with the Trump shirt and the Trump visor on.
2: I've had several nightmares since watching it. So yeah, I remember.
1: <laughs> and she's like, well, what, what exactly has he done that Mm -hmm. you really that's that's great that he's accomplished all these promises you're talking about and she there's like this micro pause that you could just see panic and then it's well the the taxes the tax cut and Mm then um and he's he's really the the border the wall he's he's taking care of biz down there yeah and none of that is true yeah so anyway i don't know i would i would throw it out to the audience at large and see what they think Especially if you agree with Andrew, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not as versed, I guess, on uh, drug peddler culture and school supplies and.
2: Well, th- I also want to go back to your point. Sorry, I wasn't listening to what you were saying because ah, I was right. thinking about what I wanted to say. Um, th- I read about the ice raids that were supposed to happen. Remember? Yeah, and I forgot right. what Donald Trump was calling it, but he was calling it like some terrible phrase. About finding criminals or purifying things. And I mean, yeah. not, not those words, but we get what's happening. And, um, he, I think you were of the opinion that the ice raids were not actually going to happen, right? This is a
1: giant campaign ad. Because they talk about them, they talk about them, people think they happened, and then nothing really happened.
2: Right. The ice raids being that ice was going to go into different communities and... En
1: masse, round up a bunch of uh, undocumented immigrants and get them out of here.
2: Correct. And so I think, I I was reading an article, and something like a few hundred people were a part of the raids... But they actually ended up taking in only like 30 people. I
1: think 35 is the number I saw. Yeah. And there were thousands on their list.
2: I I thought it said a couple of hundred that they actually went after. But The,
1: the number I have in my head is 2000.
2: Yeah, that seems a little high, but maybe you're right.
1: Well, I'm right about the 35, so why wouldn't I be wrong about the... Why would I be... See, so yeah, I'm all fucked up
2: now. Well, you could be wrong about the 35. Just because we both think it's in the 30s doesn't mean that that's right. Shall
1: we pause while you look it up? No. All right.
2: We don't like facts on this show. <laughs> we just like to guess about what things let's, might be.
1: Let's move on anyway. We Does the military lot, support Trump? That's. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is very... Well, I guess the other thing's verifiable, too. Okay, it's the same exact fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on... Let's let's uh one more call. This is uh dealing with our asshole of today, last episode, which was a school district in Pennsylvania that sent out letters Ugh. to families.
2: I were, found the answer. Who
1: were Oh, you did.
2: More than 2,000 migrants were targeted in raids. What? what? 35 were arrested. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I'm
1: that's that's like a weird I don't want to say a skill cuz it's not something I can Oh
2: my god you're honestly turning this into a tooting your own horn of situation <laughs> Wow Love how I'm like. Actually, I was wrong. You were right, and you're like, yeah, it's a really weird skill that no, I have to be able to remember things of, that are true. No,
1: oftentimes to- it's numbers. Like I remember seeing the number thirty-five in the article and the the number two thousand.
2: Ooh, yeah, that's a good skill. Wow, I, I said
1: it wasn't a skill. <laughs> that you just, I know, I, I I backtracked immediately. We're moving on.
2: I'm sticking with skill. Anyway, here's Douche the next chill drop.
1: Next fucking Douche chill voicemail.
2: Hey
0: guys, Brittany from Mississippi here. I wanted to kind of weigh in on the asshole today with the school district and the lunch thing. So, personal experience of mine, um, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't know who got free or reduced lunch. There was no system that showed us that, you know, if somebody couldn't afford to pay for lunch, they didn't get denied food. They just got it. And, I don't know. Anyway, nowadays, so I have a stepson. Um, it's my husband's son. And he's about... 12. He'll be 12 this year. I don't know. I can't do the math really quickly. Anyway, so yeah, he'll be 12 this year. So he's in middle school. And, um, so the, the, it's not just the school lunch thing and then trying to threaten the parents with losing their children. It's also the fact that they can't miss So many days or more, or they threaten the parents with that. So yes, Jesse, if you're going to require children to be in school and you're going to threaten parents with legal action, say if they, I think the threshold here is 10 days. So when he had the flu and missed five days of school, guess who got a letter saying, Hey, if you miss any more past this threshold, we, you know, you'll hear from us again, basically. The school districts will drive to your home to make sure that you live in the district or they will take legal action against you. They will which that's really not part of the point, but I'm just saying there's so many things nowadays that didn't happen when I was a child that it's all legal action because it's all the government and it's all whatever. And so yes, if you're going to if you're going to require children to be there and you're going to punish parents with legal action if they're not, then yes, it should all be free for everyone. No one gets to know that someone else doesn't have money or someone else does have money. Everyone just gets treated the same. That's the point of public school. Everyone is taught and treated on the same level and everyone is helped and guided and whatever on the same level. It should be treated as such. And this whole I mean, seriously, I think the threshold was like 10 days. And if they missed so many, you got a letter from the district. And, you know, 10 days, I'm sorry, it's kind of like when we go to work and we get sick and we only have so many sick days a year. And once we get all those sick days, like my former job working for a large conglomerate of um, cell phones, I'll say, um, only allowed five days a year. Well, guess what? If I get the flu... That's fine. There's my five days. If I hit my fifth day, I'm fired. That is ridiculous. It's ridiculous to treat children the way that they would treat adults at their job. Anyway, that's all. Love the show. We Britneys are always the best part. Bye. Love the show. Britney's the best
4: part.
1: Bye. So there, there's a financial aspect here with schools and, and truancy or missing school, because the way most school districts that I understand – know about run is that you get uh, allocated money from the state based on your average daily attendance and if a lot of kids aren't coming there's a lot of money that gets lost for the schools Hmm. so that's why i think a lot of times they're they're kind of dicks about it you know you better get in here you can't do your work from school it's not about oftentimes the fact that they're learning. Yeah, they took their work home. They're getting it done. They're performing on tests. It's you got to be here. We need a warm body or we're not going to get paid.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, as far as the 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 lunch thing, I don't know how they do it now. But when I was a kid, you definitely fucking knew who was on free lunch or reduced lunch. Because at some schools I went to when I was on free lunch, uh, they had a, a, a different colored lunch ticket because we had tickets that got punched. Hmm. Other times, it was they would punch your ticket, and there was like a code on their ticket, and then the person taking your ticket would mark on a little list, free lunch. Hmm. No mark on any list for a kid who paid, but only marking in one column for free, one column for reduced. Yeah. I don't know how they do it now.
2: Well, I think for me, I don't remember what it was like in elementary school, and I had free lunch from elementary school to high school my my entire yeah. school career. Um, but I... I think in middle school and high school it was on your like little ID card or activity card, hmm. so you would like scan your card or punch in your number. Oh, all right, more tech. So it,
1: it just would yeah, go in. It was the... just
2: associated with your account, and yeah. so no one really knew, you know. Um, but it <laughs> did remind me, listening to um, Brittany talk, that when my youngest sister was in elementary school. She was a part of a program that got her a winter coat mm. um, for lower income kids that couldn't afford a coat and we lived in Idaho so during you, the, need, a, yeah, you need a coat During the wintertime it snows it's very very cold you need a jacket and they got every single one of the kids that were a part of this program the same exact. Light blue puffy coat.
1: Wow, it's like a scarlet letter for poverty. Yeah, everybody has the poor kid coat.
2: Yeah, and yes,
1: it probably wasn't like Columbia or North Face. It's some fucking off-brand Walmart deal.
2: Well, listen, when you're when you are a poor kid, I don't think it really matters. I remember getting uh, gifts under the tree that were like from organizations that gave presents to kids who were the parents of in or the, the kids of incarcerated parents Wow! and we would open those boxes and it would be closes that were like three times too big yeah. I, I have some pictures of myself in these clothes and they do not fit
1: yeah because <laughs> they, they got like a list it's girl yeah age eight to twelve
2: exactly <laughs> And then they just guess and, you know, but I loved all that stuff. I mean, I would open it. And even if it didn't fit, I it was, was so, yeah, I was so excited. I loved it. I, you know, it was awesome. So even if it wasn't like a North face jacket, uh, you know, you don't know what that is when no, you're in elementary I'm school. i just making a
1: comment about that. It's not that, you know, it, they're not sending their best.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, they gave everyone the same jacket. So it was kind of this. This you you were able to tell, yeah. right? You were able to understand who was a part of this like poor kid program, and so that that was relatively recent. I mean, my youngest sister in elementary school, so that is a bummer. And I hope that as we become more aware, uh, we stop doing these things that single kids out. Although it takes a
1: toll, it takes a toll on a kid.
2: Yeah, but given these stories that keep coming out about how kids are punished for these things, I I don't know if we're moving in that direction. I do want to say related to the truancy thing. It is a bummer that they would, you know, threaten parents and, and take a shitty tone. I understand why schools, even aside from the financial aspect, are motivated to ensure that kids are intending the school, right? Kids, kids need to be in school. Yeah, yeah. And if a kid is not coming to school regularly, that does indicate that something might be going on at home. And so I think rather than taking a threatening approach, right? You're going to be in trouble if you don't ensure your kid comes to school. And, I, again, I wish we had the resources for this. This is, like, in a perfect world. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, should, is everything okay? Right. What can we do right. to make things easier for you? Absolutely. So we can get paid for your kid.
2: Yes. Is <laughs> Yes. Is it transportation? Is it that you are working all the time? Yeah. Is it what what's going on here? And let us try to work with you so that we can help get your, your child in education. Very good. I guess you want me to shut up.
1: No. I'm just, you know, waiting for you to shut up. All right.
2: <laughs> oh, no. What a dick.
1: Sorry, I preemptively went to transition.
2: I think it would have been actually better for you had you gotten the ball scald. That's what I think. Wow. I think that might be.
1: Back on the ball scald. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Email voice memos or regular emails, for that matter, to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you. By way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore.
2: We would like to thank one of our Patreon supporters who more than doubled his pledge, Mm, Paul. Paul! Thank you so much, Paul. Fantastic! We really appreciate that. We also would like to announce a little bit of a change to the newsletter situation. So what we've decided to do is not only give it to the tier that pays monthly, that um, accesses the the newsletter, but also give it to people who have been our Patreon supporters for more than two years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Long time... Long time listener, first time callers.
2: Yes. <laughs> so it's difficult to actually list this on the Patreon page, but it is easy for me to find those people and add them to the list. So, so if, if you f-
1: find yourself on the list and you're not in the appropriate tier, I'm assuming right. it's what I just stepped on you, you were going to say.
2: Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... um. Yes. So we also made the change to be a bi monthly newsletter. So this means every two months, the newsletter will be coming out to those Patreon supporters. So we've gotten some good feedback. Um, people have been requesting like book recommendations as a part of some of it. Uh, we get a lot of positive feedback on the animal stories that we include in there. And also, of course, Jesse's recipes. And, uh, we've put your pickle recipe in there, your fermented pickles, yeah. your, your tie spicy chicken dish was just in the last one. And sometimes I put my favorite baked good recipes in there. So it's just kind of a mix of what we're reading, what we're thinking about, what we're eating.
1: (laughs) Yeah, typically, I wouldn't say politics free, but it's pretty pretty Trump-free. We cover all that shit. It's stuff we didn't go into detail or really talk about at all on the show.
2: Yeah, so it's just kind of a little bit more insight into it. And I'm, I'm saying bi-monthly only because that gives me some leeway when I'm stressed as hell trying to... Yeah,
1: sometimes it might be monthly. Yeah,
2: sometimes it might be monthly. You I'm... know what?
1: It'll be whenever the fuck you get it.
2: I'm just... <laughs> I just, is that the way you ingratiate no, just, yourself I to the audience? No, I just—I get very—you know this—we yeah, talked about it. I get so out. anxious when I feel like we, you know, are are late on something, and I know that Which the audience—means
1: Brittany is often, often anxiety-ridden well, and li- stressed out. Listen,
2: I work full time. Okay, in a locked inpatient psychiatric hospital, yeah, <laughs> which is a pretty stressful job. Um, and so I am working full time doing this, doing the newsletter. I have things that I'm doing. Okay. And <laughs> sometimes I feel a lot of pressure to get all of that stuff done. And I know that the audience is very kind and generous with us and they are very supportive of us not because we do things on time, but because they love us and want to hear from us and they support us. So I know that there are some people who are like, Hey, TikTok, Where's my shit. Um, and I totally understand that perspective as well. Um, but I'm just trying to give myself some more leeway. Okay. All right. Cause we all need self care guys. (laughs) We all need self care.
1: All right. Thanks for your support. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Um, I kind of went away from saying how much we appreciate and blah, because it seems like it's a scripted thing, but we love the connections we've made. We love you guys. Over the course of over 600 episodes, I just submitted our podcast last night um, to be on Pandora. Nice. I don't know if they're going to, I think they only take major, major shows that are that are corporate aligned, oh, like like This American Life. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, but I did the math and I wrote six, like hundred one or something like that. So anyway,
2: really quick, we're having our Patreon hangouts tomorrow, Friday, July twenty sixth, and Saturday, July twenty seventh. Friday at seven p.m.
1: Already. Yeah, 7,
2: 7 p.m. Los Angeles time. And then Saturday, it's going to be 11 a.m. Los Angeles time. So if you are in the tier for the Patreon uh, hangout call, that is a video call. We send out a link. You click on it. You join the video call. We're all there hanging out. Yeah,
1: I wonder if sometimes people, because usually it's you know 10 or 15 people or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if they think it's like a live stream with like a chat window where people are typing. No. That's not what it is. Yeah, it's
2: everybody, all the different listeners from literally across the world. And we all sit there and talk about what's going
1: on. And y- our... Usually we just sit there and look at each other. And that's it. Well, we talk about the it. weather
2: a lot as well. <laughs> a lot of weather. There's going to be a lot of weather talk <laughs> lately because it's been so goddamn hot.
1: It has been hot. All right. <laughs> Moving on. democracy Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, it happened. <laughs> Is that the way to do it? So, it happened. What happened? Robert Mueller testified oh. before both the House Judiciary Committee and the House Intelligence Committee mm-hmm. with like a short break in between. I think mm-hmm. they took like an hour. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were bummed out by how it went. You, you read me a very hilarious tweet this morning. <laughs> people are fucking hilarious. People are funny as fuck. And Twitter is a beautiful medium for it.
2: Yes, and if you would like to follow us on Twitter while I find this funny tweet.
1: um... Why don't you find the tweet while I plug the, the Twitters? That's great. Perfect. I am at Dollamore. Brittany is at Brittany E. Page. And the show, of course, is at I Doubt It Podcast. And I say that Twitter is a great place Because you curate through who you follow what you're going to see. And I didn't see this tweet. You found it or or someone retweeted it. Mm -hmm. And it just, ah, just so good.
2: Yeah. So this is from at Sarah Danner Dukic. Right. Sarah without an H, Mm D-A-N-N-E-R-D-U-K-I-C. Okay. Just to give her a little plug because she has a viral tweet here. Moller. She writes, Moller. I wrote a detailed 400-page report explaining an attack on our country. I spent years on it. See also indictments and people in prison. Pundits. Yes, but can you do it with jazz hands, a table flip, (laughs) a racist tweet? Otherwise, we'll be bored. Yeah!
1: That was kind of the, that. Really encapsulates what the sentiment was that it's Donald Tr- or Robert Mueller wasn't entertaining enough at the hearings.
2: She did a thread of these, so I'll read a couple more.
1: All right.
2: Mueller, while we were trying to figure out how other countries are attacking us so that we could defend ourselves, Trump and his people impeded us at every possible turn. Pundits, but the real question is whether he would be compelling on an episode of Chopped. <laughs>
1: all right that's enough the first one was the good one so it it is it's a fucking weird thing to me that people were criticized that he's one he's old fucking man he's 74 years old
2: that he's not flashy that he's not slamming his papers on the table like all the performance republicans um that he was just a normal person sitting there Giving answers, giving responses. Well,
1: also that he respects the boundaries that are put upon him by the Justice Department. He can't just fucking go rogue. Listen, as an American, you want a prosecutor who follows the motherfucking rules. Now, in this case, you might feel inside that, man, I want Donald Trump at all cost. Anything is good because we know the bad shit. We need to take him down. That's not the way Robert Mueller, a dispassionate executor of, judge, uh, of justice, looks at it. He respects the institution. He is the counterbalance to Donald Trump. Donald Trump respects nothing. No standard of decency. Racism, fucking wild, crazy malignment of people. Robert Mueller, metered. Again, dispassionate. Just about the facts. Look, there are th- there are mistakes I think he made in the investigation. We'll get to some of that. I think he was a little too cautious yesterday. But I would err on the side of caution rather than going crazy. Because if you're ever faced with a prosecutor who will do anything to get the conviction, that's not good. And we don't want to support that idea out there that prosecutors can just fucking act however they want do whatever they want throw caution to the wind throw regulations to the wind that the ends will justify the means that they go about getting to the ends
2: i take your question
1: i take your question (laughs) which apparently is uh, like a new thing it's like the new fuck you yes yeah so is that what you meant Yes. All right, good times. So anyway, the day before Donald Trump was asked about whether he was going to watch There is a little Donald Trump in this episode. Um but it's going to be start and stopped as we go to fact check and make fun of. So th- this is a very quick clip of him lying and saying that uh eh, he's not going to he's not going to watch the Mueller hearings. That's that's not for Donald Trump.
6: No, I'm not going to be watching. Probably. Maybe I'll see a little bit of it. I'm not going to be watching Mueller uh, because uh, you can't take all those bites out of the apple. We had uh, no collusion, no obstruction. We had no nothing. We had uh, a total no collusion finding. The Democrats were devastated by it. They went crazy. They've gone off the deep end. They're not doing anything. They're not doing health care. They're not doing uh, infrastructure. They're not lowering drug prices.
1: So no, no collusion, total, no collusion finding. He was Mm -hmm. exonerated. Yeah. Which later you're going to hear him say that Robert Mueller didn't even have the authority to exonerate, which is weird because for, for three months now, that's what Donald Trump has said. Total and complete exoneration. Anyway, clearly he fucking watched all day, every moment of the hearing because he was live tweeting the entire goddamn time. No, he didn't go into the Oval Office and do his fucking job. He was consumed by this with cable news, with retweeting politicians, retweeting Jesse Waters from Fox News. Uh. Exactly. God damn. Anyway, I I have more clips here than we're going to play on the board, but I'm going to kind of pick and choose as we go. Let's start with really what was the tour de force performance and line of questioning from... From Jerry Nadler. And I I I pause because I it really is your your cream of the crop. Like the these some of these congresswomen and congressmen who who rise to the top and and end up in chairmanship roles like this, it's because they know what the fuck they're doing. They're not just an average guy who puts in his time and ends up being the chairman. Jerry Nadler, he dismantled this. This is a solid five and a half minutes. I'm going to put you through that really lines out the case against Trump and um, why he wasn't charged and all of the Office of Legal Counsel stuff. It's just it's so good.
7: Director Mueller, the president has repeatedly claimed that your report found there was no obstruction and that it completely and totally exonerated him. But that is not what your report said, is it? Correct. That is not what the report said. And now reading from page two of volume two of your report that's on the screen, you wrote, quote, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state based on the facts and the applicable legal standards, however, we are unable to reach that judgment, close quote. Now, does that say there was no obstruction? no. In fact, you were actually unable to conclude the president did not commit obstruction of justice. Is that correct?
6: Well, we uh, uh, at the outset uh, determined that we, uh, when it came to the, uh, the, the president's culpability, uh, we, needed to, uh, we, needed, we needed to go forward only after taking into account the OLC opinion that indicated that a president, a sitting president, cannot be.
7: Uh, indicted. So the report did not conclude that he did not commit obstruction of justice. Is that correct?
6: That is correct.
7: And what about total exoneration? Did you actually totally exonerate the president? No. Now, in fact, your report expressly states that it does not exonerate the president. It does. And your investigation actually found, quote, multiple acts by the president that were capable of exerting undue influence over law enforcement investigations, including the Russian interference and obstruction investigations. Is that correct? Correct. Now, Director Mueller, can you explain in plain terms what that finding means so the American people can understand it?
6: Well, uh, the finding indicates that uh, the president uh, was not, uh, that the president was not exculpated Uh, for the acts that uh, he allegedly committed.
7: In fact, you were talking about incidents, quote, in which the president sought to use his official power outside of usual channels, unquote, to exert undue influence over your investigations. Is that right? That's correct. Now, am I correct that on page 7 of volume 2 of your report, you wrote, quote, the president became aware that his own conduct was being investigated in an obstruction of justice inquiry. At that point, the president engaged in a second phase of conduct involving public attacks on the investigation, non-public efforts to control it, and efforts in both public and private to encourage witnesses not to cooperate with the investigation, close quote. So President Trump's efforts to exert undue influence over your investigation intensified after the president became aware that he personally was being investigated?
6: I stick with the language that you have in front of you. Which which comes from page 7, volume 2.
7: Now, is it correct that if you concluded that the president committed the crime of obstruction, you could not publicly state that in your report or here today? Can you repeat the question, sir? Is it correct that if you had concluded that the president committed the crime of obstruction, you could not publicly state that in your report or here today?
6: Well, I would say uh, you... uh I could uh, The statement would be the, the, that you would not indict, and you would not indict because uh, under the OLC opinion, uh, a sitting president, <coughs> excuse me, cannot be indicted, be unconstitutional. Okay.
7: So you could not state that because of the OLC opinion, if that would have been your conclusion? O-
6: OLC opinion uh, uh, was some guide, yes.
7: But under DOJ, under Department of Justice Policy, the president could be prosecuted for obstruction of justice crimes after he leaves office, is correct? True. Thank you. Did any senior White House official refuse a request to be interviewed by you and your team?
6: I don't believe so. Let me take that back. I, I would have to look at it, but I'm not certain that that was the case.
7: Did the president refuse a request to be interviewed by you and your team? Yes. Yes. And is it true that you tried for more than a year to secure an interview with the president? Yes. And is it true that you and your team advised the president's lawyer that, quote, an interview with the president is vital to our investigation? Close Yes. Quote? yes. And is it true that you also, st- quote, stated that it is in the interest of the presidency and the public for an interview to take place? Close quote. Yes. But the president still refused to sit for an interview by you or your team? True. True. And did you also ask him to provide written answers to questions on the 10 possible episodes of obstruction of justice crimes involving him? Yes. Did he provide any answers to a single question about whether he engaged in obstruction of justice crimes? I
6: would have to check on that. I'm not certain.
7: Director Mueller, we are grateful that you are here to explain your investigation and findings. Having reviewed your work, I believe anyone else who had engaged in the conduct described in your report would have been criminally prosecuted. Your work is vitally important to this committee and the American people because no one is above the law.
2: So, a few things. Um, I couldn't watch the entire thing because I had to work, but I was able to watch the first two hours mm-hmm. of the hearing, and I felt like Jerry Nadler was the most impactful yeah. um, session. Uh, of- I,
1: I think I think you got the best of the entire six hours, the first two hours. Yeah. Even though those are the two hours that Robert Mueller is really criticized for because he's kind of, uh, 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 you know, he's not... He's a 74-year-old dude yeah. who is really trying to not be too informational. He's He really wants to stick to the report.
2: Yeah. I also would want to say, and this is uh, for Bagel Guy, that Jerry Nadler is 5'3". So Jerry Nadler, very successful, yeah. very, very awesome. <laughs> for Bagel Guy. Um, he's shorter than average. Okay? He's also
1: a, a fat guy.
2: And he,
1: he way thinner than he used to be.
2: And he is not angry and freaking out on everybody about that. That's All right? Right, He's that's just right. gone about his life, been successful. Everything's fine. Hell in it. All right, bagel guy. <laughs> so my you favorite think bagel
1: guy's listening.
2: <laughs> yes, I think he's a huge fan of the show. I think that, uh, one of my, one of my favorite exchanges here was when Jerry Nadler said, can you explain in plain terms, blah, 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 blah. And Robert Mueller says the president was not exculpated for the acts. Yeah, that's okay. That is not in plain terms. That is not plain term, sir. We
1: didn't let that motherfucker off the hook. <laughs> I think is what Jerry Nadler was looking for. I
2: mean that exculpated <laughs> is not plain terms sir. Right. That is not plain terms. Very
1: funny. But the end of there, the end there is I, is really the, the question and the criticism that I have of Robert Mueller. Now, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I'm smarter than Robert Mueller or have a more Uh, full understanding of what was going on, but I would have liked to have seen Donald Trump subpoenaed, brought before the grand jury to testify to what he knew and when he knew it and what happened in each case. Instead, they allowed him to do written testimony where he was allowed to just let his lawyers write the answers for him and which, like over 40, almost 40 times, he said, I don't recall, that's odd, my recollection is this, I don't remember, all these times. So there was a session of questioning about why he didn't subpoena Donald Trump.
3: Mr. Mueller, thank you. I know it's been a long day, and I want to make clear um, how much respect I have for your service and for your extraordinary career. And I want you to understand my questions in that context, sir. I'm going to be asking you um, about Appendix C um, uh, to, to your report, and uh, in particular, uh, the decision not to do a sworn interview with the president. He told you you couldn't subpoena the president, is that right?
6: No, we understood we could subpoena the president.
3: Rosenstein didn't tell you, Whitaker didn't tell you, Barr didn't tell you you couldn't. We, we
6: could Bert. serve a subpoena.
3: So the only other explanation, well, there's two others, I guess. One, that you just flinched, that you, you had the opportunity to do it and you didn't do it. But, but, sir, you don't strike me as the kind of guy who flinches. I hope not. Well, then the third explanation, I hope not too, sir, and the third explanation I can think of is that, is that you didn't think you needed it. And in fact, what caught my eye was page 13 on volume two, where you said, in fact, you had a substantial body of evidence. And you cite a bunch of cases there, don't you, about how you often have to prove intent to obstruct justice without an in-person interview. That's the kind of nature of it. And you, and you, and you use terms like a substantial body of evidence, significant evidence of the president's intent. So my question, sir, is, did you have sufficient evidence of the president's intent to obstruct justice, and is that why you didn't do the interview?
6: Uh, there's a balance. In other words, how much evidence you have to satisfy uh, that last element uh, against how much time are you willing to spend in the courts uh, uh, litigating uh,
3: a uh, uh, the uh, interview with the president. And in this case, you felt that you had enough evidence of the president's intent?
6: We had to make a balanced decision in terms of... Uh, uh, how much evidence we had compared to the length of time it would take and, and to do Sir, because
3: that. I have limited time, you thought that if you gave it to the Attorney General or to this Congress, that there was sufficient evidence that it was better than that delay.
6: Uh, can you state that again? Well,
3: that it was better than the delay to present the sufficient evidence, your term, of the President's intent to obstruct justice to the Attorney General and to this committee. Isn't that why you didn't do the interview?
6: No, the, re- the reason we didn't do the interview is because of the length of time that it would take to uh, uh, resolve the issues attendant to that.
3: Thank you, sir.
1: Yeah, I don't um, like. I said I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna substitute my knowledge and understanding and judgment uh, for that of of of, of uh, Robert Mueller's. But yeah, I would have liked to have seen Donald Trump testify. Uh, he's talking there about the elements. This is something that I deal with being on the grand jury all the time. Mm-hmm. Is the elements of different crimes. There's usually, you know. Two, three, four elements to each thing, each each felony mm-hmm. that has to be all of them have to be uh, met. These yeah. requirements have to be met to, uh, of the standard to to convict. Yeah. Ted Lou went through the elements mm-hmm. of this he, he, his whole his whole uh, line of questioning was about satisfying elements and uh, again, Cream rising to the top related to talent and skill and and doing their fucking jobs
7: right.
2: Can I also ask, do you think that because it seemed to me that the questioning from the Democrats was very coordinated, that each person seemed to have their particular role uh, in what their particular goal was? And sometimes they were just kind of a support person in helping the next person get to the next uh, issue that they were going to bring up. Yeah,
1: I I read somewhere that they actually did like you know how they do mock debates to kind of practice. They did a run through. Mm. Um, so they were they were pretty prepared. And yeah, I I think all in all they did a really good job. In fact, some of the clips we're going to play later, a couple of the clips at least, are of Congresswomen that I had no idea who they were. Escobar, Demings, um, who, who did a, a a bang up job of. 'Cause it's not just you read the question and, and you and and that that's it. There's there's you've gotta be in the moment with being able to move and, and, and bob and weave with um the subject to whom you're speaking. Yeah. But let, let let's let's cover uh, Ted Lou's line of questioning. Just about four minutes.
8: Thank you, Director Mueller, for your long history of service to our country, including your service as a Marine, where you earn a bronze star with a V device. I'd like to now turn to the elements of obstruction of justice as applied to the President's attempts to curtail your investigation. The first element of obstruction of justice requires an obstructive act, correct? Correct. I'd like to direct you to page 97 of volume two of your report. And you wrote there on page 97, quote, Sessions was being instructed to tell the special counsel to end the existing investigation into the President and his campaign, unquote. That's in the report, correct? Correct. That would be evidence of an obstructive act because it would naturally obstruct their investigation, correct? Uh,
6: Correct. Okay.
8: Let's turn now to the second element of the crime of obstruction of justice, which requires a nexus to an official proceeding. Again, I'm going to direct you to page 97, the same page of volume 2. And you wrote, quote, By the time of the president's initial one-on-one meeting with Lewandowski on June 19, 2017, The existence of a grand jury investigation supervised by the special counsel was public knowledge. That's in the report, correct? Correct. That would constitute evidence of a nexus to an official proceeding because a grand jury investigation is an official proceeding, correct? Well, yes. Okay. I'd like to now turn to the final element of the crime of obstruction of justice. On that same page, page 97, do you see where there's the intent section on that page? I do see that. Part C? Would you be willing to read the first sentence? And that was starting with? Substantial evidence. Indicates that the president's? Yeah, if you could read that first sentence, would you be willing to do that? I'm happy to have you read it. Okay, I will read it then. You wrote, quote, <laughs> substantial evidence indicates that the president's effort to have Sessions limit the scope of the special counsel's investigation to future election interference was intended to prevent further investigative scrutiny of the president's and his campaign's conduct Unquote.
6: That's in the report, correct? That is in the report, and I rely what's in the report uh, to uh, uh, indicate uh, uh, what's happening in uh, the paragraphs that we've been discussing. Thank you. So to recap what we've heard, uh, we have heard today
8: that the president ordered former White House Counsel Don McGahn to fire you. The president ordered Don McGahn to then cover that up and create a false paper trail. And now we've heard the president ordered Corey Lewandowski to tell Jeff Sessions to limit your investigation so that he, you, stop investigating the president. I believe a reasonable person looking at these facts uh, could conclude that all three elements of the crime of obstruction justice have been met. And I'd like to ask you the reason, again, that you did not indict Donald Trump is because of OLC opinion stating that you cannot indict a sitting president, correct?
6: Uh, That is correct.
8: The fact that their orders by the president were not carried out, that is not a defense to obstruction of justice because the statute itself is quite broad. It says that as long as you endeavor or attempt to obstruct justice, that would also constitute a crime.
6: I'm not going to get into that at this juncture.
8: Okay. Thank you. And uh, based on uh, the evidence that we have heard today, I believe a reasonable person could conclude that at least three crimes of social justice by the present occurred. We're going to hear about two additional crimes and that would be the witness tamperings of Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort.
6: All that, I back. Uh, the only thing I want to add is that I'm going through the elements with you, do not mean or does not mean that I subscribe to uh, the, uh, what you're trying to prove through those elements.
7: Time of the gentleman has expired.
1: So he did say in there that he agreed with Ted Lieu that he did not indict the president because of, in light of all of those elements being met, that he 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 didn't indict him because of the OLC opinion, the Office of Legal Counsel, their opinion that you can't indict a sitting president. It's not law. It's not in the Constitution. It's a policy opinion, a memo that was written in 1973 and then backed up again in 2000. He walked it back, and it's really a semantics thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That the what his take is, is that th- they did not indict because of the OLC. They didn't even determine whether there was going to be criminal charges ever because of the OLC opinion. They went into this investigation not even looking at this situation as one where they might indict. So they weren't even trying to, to compile that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So let me tell you, from the almost one full year of having sat on this g- federal grand jury that I'm on, yeah, Donald Trump would be fucking dead to rights indicted. I would vote to indict this fucking guy based on this, based on what I've read in the Mueller report and the evidence there. And by the way, the Mueller report is just a summary of the evidence that was presented in a grand jury, which is secret proceedings mm-hmm. there's a lot more that we don't know right probably much more damning shit mm-hmm. that we don't know about because it's covered by rule six e federal rules of uh of evidence
2: right. The frustrating thing about this was that everyone who listened to the hearing heard what they wanted to hear, okay? Republicans heard that Donald Trump, no collusion, okay? No obstruction. Yeah. And Democrats heard that collusion isn't a legal term that is used so that's why there was no collusion and that he met there were these various instances of obstruction but you can't bring charges against the president The,
1: the republicans ignored all of the obstruction stuff right and the democrats ignored all of the there was no conspiracy with russia
2: right so the frustrating thing primarily was that that Nothing really positive came out of this because everyone heard what they were going to hear anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I agree with you that nothing... I think it's too early to tell whether something positive came out of this.
2: Well, and that's I- what I was that, getting to.
1: I'll say that Nancy Pelosi hasn't fucking moved, and that's a problem.
2: That's what I was getting to, oh, okay. is there's still inaction from Nancy Pelosi. Right. Who has said, yes, Democrats, continue on this path that you're on. Yeah. By slowly going through the the process here,
1: uh, is she kind of trying to get us closer to 2020 before pulling the fucking hammer on this or something? Like I, have an October surprise?
2: I just I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. where she's coming from and what she thinks she's doing. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna still keep pushing in videos and on the show. We need to impeach this motherfucker to to take a page out of uh, Rashida Tlaib's playbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it is time to honor. Our, our supposed respect for the rule of law. You know, we don't we don't pursue justice because unless it's guaranteed for conviction. Anyway, I talked about that in a video. I'm not gonna go over that. Um another interesting line of questioning was from Val Demings, who apparently is the the former police chief of like Orlando, Florida, or something. And uh she nailed it and got to some information that I don't think a lot of people knew, and that is that Donald Trump's testimony, his written statements his his sworn answers to Robert Mueller were contradictory in many ways to other information that Robert Mueller found in this course of the investigation uh, aka lies and made him not credible, which is something that Robert Mueller agreed was the case,
9: Director Mueller, thank you so much for being a person of honor and integrity. Thank you for your service to the nation. We are certainly better for it. Director Mueller, I too want to focus on the written um, responses that the president did provide and the continued efforts to lie and cover up what happened during the 2016 election. Where the president answers submitted under oath? Yes, yes. Thank you, they were. Were these all the answers your office wanted to ask the president about Russia interference in the 2016 election? No, not necessarily. So there were other questions that you wanted to answer. Did you analyze his written answers on Russia interference to draw conclusions about the president's credibility? No, it was perhaps one of the factors, but uh, nothing more than that. It was one of the factors. So what did you determine about the president's credibility? And that I can't get into. Director Murler, I know based on your decades of experience, you probably had an opportunity to um, analyze the credibility of countless witnesses, but you weren't able to do so with this witness. Well, with every
6: witness, particularly a, a leading witness, uh, one assesses the credibility day by day, witness by witness, document by document. And, and uh, that's what happened in this case. So we started well, with very little, and by the end, we ended up with a fair amount. Yeah, fair amount.
9: Thank you. Well, let's go through some of the answers to take a closer look at his credibility, because it seems to me, Director Mueller, that his answers were not credible at all. Do some of President Trump's incomplete answers relate to Trump Tower of Moscow? Yes. For example, did you ask the President whether he had had at any time directed or suggested that, that discussions about Trump-Moscow projects should cease? Should what? Cease. Uh, do you have a citation? Yes, we're still in Appendix C, section 1, 7. The first page? Uh Uh-huh. The president did not answer whether he had at any time directed or suggested that discussions about the Trump-Moscow project should cease, but he has since made public comments about this topic. Okay. And the question was... Did the president, uh, let me go on to the next question, did the president fully answer that question in his written statement to you about the Trump-Moscow project ceasing? Uh, Again, in Appendix C. uh, And
6: and can you direct me to the uh, particular paragraph you're averting to?
9: It would be Appendix C. Dash C1, but let me move forward. Nine days after he submitted his written answers, didn't the president say publicly that he quote decided not to do the project unquote? And that is in your I, uh, report. I, 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 I,
6: I'd ask you, I'd ask you if you would to point out the
9: the particular paragraph that
6: you're uh, okay. Focused
9: we, on. we we can move on. Did the president answer your follow up questions? Uh, According to the report, there were follow-up questions because of the president's incomplete answers about the Moscow project. Did the president answer your follow-up questions either in writing or orally? And we're now in no. volume two, page 150 through 151. No. He did not. In fact, there were many questions that you asked the president that he simply didn't answer. Isn't that correct? True. True. And there were many answers that contradicted other evidence you had gathered during the investigation. Isn't that correct, Director Muller? Director Muller, for example, the president in his written answer stated he did not recall having advanced knowledge of WikiLeaks releases. Is that correct?
6: I think that's what he said.
9: But didn't your investigation uncover evidence that the president did in fact have advanced knowledge of WikiLeaks' public releases of emails damaging to his opponent?
6: And I can't get into that area.
9: Did your investigation determine, after very careful vetting of Rick Gates and Michael Cohen's, that you found them to be credible? That we found the president to be credible? That you found Gates and Cohen to be credible? in their statements about WikiLeaks? uh, Those areas I'm not going to discuss. Okay. Could you say, Director Merlo, that the president was credible?
6: I can't answer that question.
9: Director Merlo, isn't it fair to say that the president's written answers were not only inadequate and incomplete, because he didn't answer many of your questions, but where he did, his answers showed that he wasn't always being truthful? Uh,
6: There, uh, I would say, uh,
1: generally... That has been talked about, but I don't think enough that generally the the, the president of the United States and his answers were not truthful
7: Mm -hmm.
1: as Nancy Pelosi sits on her motherfucking hands and does nothing, that he lied under oath in documents to the investigation. Mm
9: -hmm.
1: Yeah, generally he wasn't truthful. Generally, the information he gave us contradicted other evidence that we have in the case. It's a big deal. So here's what we're going to do. I've got a couple of extra clips here. And in in a clip, uh, a couple that we skipped that I I didn't include because it's like Republicans being dummies that I want to talk about.
2: Slamming their papers around and uh, talking about all their various accolades.
1: So I'm going to stop here. We still have the clip. Mm -hmm. about Donald Trump being able to be charged with a crime after he's Mm -hmm. out of office. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, Representative Escobar talking about uh, the impeachment aspect here. And then we're going to go through Donald Trump's reaction afterward, uh, which isn't a ton of clips, but the three clips, pretty short, him freaking out about that very thing, about whether or not he can be charged after. And he equates it to the to the answer that was walked back in the Ted Lou um section of questioning. Anyway, we're gonna end it there, and then we're gonna do we'll, we'll come back whether it be tonight or tomorrow morning. Um we will we'll get another episode out for the week to finish this up because I want to wrap this up and talk about it. But I also want to give you guys a chance to sound off. Uh six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Email voice memos uh from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com we'll see you next time on episode 530 we love you guys we'll see you next time for Brittany Page I'm Jesse Dollamore and this has been I Doubt It it could have gone a different way could have been a ball skull (laughs) a ball skull